Car Experience. So if you are looking for a language tutor, you want to practice your language skills, especially if you uh, don't live in the country uh, where the country you're learning is spoken, or if you're traveling a lot like I am, then I recommend you go down to the description below the video and check out um, a link there for italki or italki because that is a service I have used an awful lot over the last few years, as many of you know who are regular viewers to the channel. And there you're gonna find tens of thousands of uh, language tutors and you can have classes with them, one-on-one -on -one individual classes via Skype. Uh, you don't have to meet them in person and you can do all the payments online. And it's something that I have used regularly over the last few years to learn my languages. And of course you get a special discount. If you go through my link, there is some starter credit of $10 towards your first lesson. So go check out the link to italki or italki, depending on which way you want to pronounce it. Hey there. So welcome back to the Zara Experience podcast with me, Connor Klein and today is the first time that on this podcast series that I'm going to actually have a special guest on. It's Jon Kondora from Language Boost. From Language Boost, yeah. Connor, what an honor to, uh, to be on your podcast, this third episode. Or... Well, this is probably episode number three unless oh. we decide to um, put something in between. But anyway, so we're recording this as uh, number three. Yeah. And we are in Brussels yeah. today in Belgium where Jan is actually living, where he's moved to. But you're from where exactly, Jan? Well, you know very well where I'm from. from I've been there to Helmond. You've been there a few times, yeah. So I'm from, this, from the Netherlands, a small city in the south called Helmond, not far from Eindhoven. That's uh, a place that's a little bit more better known by, uh, by foreigners. So, exactly, yeah, Eindhoven. Yeah. So basically in today's podcast, we're going to go through um, part of my language learning journey, this uh, key in the their experience in the system. And Jan has actually been, he's a YouTuber and he has his own business, he's an entrepreneur, and he's been along for a lot of the ride, especially when we first traveled to Eastern Europe. Yeah. Um, so in this uh, podcast, we're gonna go through a lot of how Jan got on there and a lot of the things that we learned on the way about using languages, especially for traveling in Eastern Europe. Um, so. Jan, it's, it's good to have you on as a guest. We don't get to hang out as much as we used to because yeah. uh, you're living here in Brussels and you don't travel as much. But explain a little bit um, your own back and introduce yourself to everybody yeah. on the podcast. Okay, guys. So my name is, uh, well, as I said, Jan van der A. From the Netherlands, currently living in Brussels. Um, it's like six years ago, we started a translation agency, which actually allowed me to work online. And then I met Connor five years ago and I got really more interested about learning foreign languages um yeah and you know i've always like just like connor i've always been very very bad at learning languages at, at high school so when i was 19 i went abroad for the first time i got the opportunity to go to costa rica i wanted to learn spanish even though i failed at learning english in high school i learned some spanish there but i never really you know, I never really got to a level where I could actually use the language. So this whole experience was basically a confirmation that, that I was really bad at learning languages. And, you know, maybe my, high, my English teacher back at high school was actually right when he said, Jan, learning languages is not something for you. I hope that you're going to choose for a career for which English or any other foreign language for that matter is not going to be in, um, involved. Um, so this is kind of what I discussed on the second episode of the yeah. podcast, my own, is the overlap in our stories. So I also had a lot of 
I sucked at learning languages uh, at high school. My three worst results were yeah. in, in the languages even. And also people would have thought like, why would this guy ever do anything with languages? But ironies of ironies is actually something that we became extremely good at. So that's just some inspiration for any of you out there who think, ah, oh, language is not my thing, I'm not talented at it. That's all BS, right? Anyone with the right motivation can learn languages. Yeah. And we're both testament to that because we could only speak our yeah. native tongues badly, one would say, when we finished high school. You know, and now we've gone on to learn like probably 10 each Yeah, or exactly, because, you know, for me, it was just, like, if you didn't manage to learn the language at school, it doesn't mean that you're not made to learn languages, but you just need to change, you need to try different methodologies, you need to try something, something new, basically. So after I failed learning English and Spanish, I actually got the opportunity a few years later to go on an exchange to China, where I spent six months. And again, in China, I had Chinese lessons every single day. And you know, I was passing my exams, but still didn't have the feeling that I was really learning something. So I changed my approach. And instead of learning a language in the classroom and not using it, I actually changed my approach. And I didn't work so hard um, during the in the lessons anymore, but I started really, I really started using the language outside of the classroom. And I really, you know, after five months, I was able to hold simple, well, I was, would say, conversational in Chinese. I could have simple conversation in Chinese. And, you know, it was at that time that I, that I thought, okay, maybe I actually could become pretty successful at learning new languages. And then I, you know, I started learning from all these polyglots, even polyglots, like, mm -hmm. like you, Connor, like, <laughs> try... He's also one. <laughs> <laughs> try different approaches. And then, you know, I thought, I, I think I can learn any language and you know started traveling spending time in Brazil in Morocco where I learned French and yeah these days um, I have a YouTube channel or me together with my partner Lucas where we help all people to learn foreign languages that's called language yeah, so that's a little bit about my my background so long what? introduction sorry for, <laughs> sorry for the long background story no problem this yeah. is a long this is the format on a podcast we have a lot more time to go into the detail to get into the yeah. meat rather than a short youtube video which has to be boom 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 so one thing that i relate to a lot is when jan said that he stopped really trying to do what the teacher said in the classes yeah. right i also tend to do the same even if i have a language class today like my thing is not to <coughs> not, you know to get the high score or get the diploma in the language it's actually to pick up a lot of tips and tricks yeah. during the actual class or the lesson and then go out and apply them with the real people because that's the purpose of what I'm trying to I, do. I think there is a, a huge mm. difference between being a good student and being a good learner and yeah. that's actually something that, I don't know, I, I presented somewhere in, uh, I think in Berlin a few years ago where I gave a presentation and I basically pointed out that, you know, a good student is someone who learns for a test, right? The goal is to pass a test, to get a good, to get a good, uh, a good grade. So when you learn a language in school, that's the goal to pass to pass an exam. But what we do, I mean, we don't have to pass an exam. We just want to be able to speak the language. Yeah. And if you want to speak a language, you know, you have to do other things in order to achieve that goal. Yeah. So I can relate to this a lot because I was, um, I mean, I always did really well in exams. Well, I didn't always do well, but I, anyways, in both high school and university, I got top grades, right? Yeah. And so, so passing an exam. Uh, was something I was always really good at, right? Yeah. But that doesn't, and I can speak this to this from personal experience, but I actually started working, for example, that's a very different mentality and skill set to actually being effective in the real world because yeah. getting the top grade does not make you equipped for actually performing and actually achieving goals that are not exam-based. So language learning is exactly the same. 
getting the top grade is not the same as actually being able to learn the language uh, <clears throat> and actually use it in your real life. For example, you know, a lot of exams test you on the grammar and all this stuff that's very technical that yeah. it makes a tiny, tiny difference in the yeah. real world. Actually being able to open up people yeah. and speak to them and communicate yeah. is a lot more important. It's going to be a lot more value to you, especially if you're traveling somewhere and you're meeting new people. Like you see it with, with a lot of uh, people who are students of yeah. languages that went they're actually almost scared to start speaking because they yeah. think oh I make mistakes this is bad whilst we're like well, we got to make a hundred mistakes otherwise we're not making yeah. we're not making any progress so this is a very different mind shift I want to just talk a little bit Jan about uh, yes. going to Eastern Europe that is just one thing that uh, I would, like, that I would okay. like to add to that so yeah. at school we focus on learning many things like we focus on learning vocabulary all the grammatical features all the, all the grammar like difficult grammar but we do not really learn how to use the language and I think that's something that we that, that we that we do differently these yeah. days we do not focus necessarily much on words and grammar of course you need to have some vocabulary and you need to know the basic structure of the language but once you know that actually you can already start using the language and that's something that also something that you do on your um, on your on your trips um, and basically so that's also something that we recommend as language booth like you don't have to learn thousands and thousands of words exactly um, Jan has a great product that he's developed with his uh, partner Lucas where they actually help you learn the first 500 or 600 words isn't it yeah in the new language I used it for Ukrainian uh, I actually made a review of it I'm I'll link all this down below in the description you guys can go and check it out if you're interested in learning more about how to get those first yeah. words but once you have them down then you got to use them right so learning complicated advanced grammar that you wouldn't even know in your native tongue how to describe it is not going to help you communicate with people yeah. it's actually going to make it harder because you're going to be so focused on not making mistakes and getting some obscure grammatical point right that like, dude you need to order a sandwich yeah. right this doesn't help so it's really going to be more helpful if you know 500 words and some basic grammar and you actually know how to use it than knowing thousands and thousands of words and not not being able to, yeah. to make any sense with that. And that's exactly what happens to, I would say in the Netherlands, the Dutch are pretty good at languages. We are a small country. We have a lot of exposure to languages like English. But if you go to like Russia, China, Japan, those people there, the students there, they, they, they learn English for, I don't know, more than 10 years in high school. They can't speak a word uh, of English after graduation. They know all the words, but they've never learned to use what they've learned. And that's really something that I think both of us uh, I've been doing very exactly. little. That's been the mind shift, the focal, yeah. focus shift that we've undergone in the last, say, 10 years, yes. especially the last five years since we've been on YouTube. So Jan uh, actually came with me five years ago, I think it is now, on a trip to Eastern Europe. So Jan, uh, at the time, I spoke reasonably good Russian, I think, or at least I was developing Russian skills, spoke some Romanian, and you had never uh, visit the region. This is one of the big things. We actually met at the first polyglot conference in Budapest and afterwards Jan was like, hey, I'm really interested in going to Romania, to Moldova, uh, to Ukraine because he was on a mission to visit 100 countries before he turned 30 and those countries were kind of easy ones for him to pick off and I had some experience in traveling there, not as much as I do now. Of I course, like, I need someone who's going to show me around Ukraine, <laughs> otherwise I'm going to get... <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be, bad things are going to happen to him, which is well, it can't happen, but anyways. Uh, so you came on this trip with me. Uh, maybe we can set the background to it exactly, like our itinerary, what, how you felt before going on this trip, and what happened, especially with the languages on that first trip that we took together. So we started our journey in, uh, this was in Romania, right? So we started in Romania, we went to Moldova, in Odessa, 
uh, after we went to Odessa in Ukraine, and I really saw because at the time, well, I spoke I spoke Chinese and English. I, I didn't speak so many languages. This like this whole language learning thing was was new to me, and I really saw like how Connor was able to communicate with with the locals basically. How he was able to connect um, to the locals by speaking all these foreign languages. So he spoke. Romanian in Romania, uh, the way even some Romanian girls have spoke Italian, kind of switched to Italian. Now we met these Brazilian football players in, the, in a bar in Galat, somewhere in the city in, in, the, in, the, in the northeast. No, no, it's in the east, extreme east, near to the border with Ukraine, that kind of the southeast. Then we went to, uh, then we went to Ukraine where Sponokok spoke Russian, you know, and for me this was amazing. I was just a tourist, only speaking English, and I saw that Connor was having a completely different, uh, complete different experience. Than, than I was having, and I thought, man, that would be really cool if you speak all these languages. And you know, not only because it's cool, but all, it's also practical because maybe we could talk about the experience that I had at the, at the train station in Odessa. So, so <laughs> basically, yeah, on, I think on that trip, I think I, we spoke in like eight languages, even though like there was only Russian, Romanian officially been languages like between those three countries, Moldova, Romania, and Ukraine. Actually, Russian is not official in Ukraine, just to be clarified that, but. Of course, a lot of people, most people speak Russian as their first language in Odessa. And a lot of people in Moldova also speak Russian. Most of the population can speak it, even if it's a second language. But we actually spoke in French on the bus from, we went to Transnistria, which is a separatist enclave in Moldova where people speak Russian mainly. But we met some French language students on the bus there, yeah, if I remember. Yeah, exactly. So we actually spoke in French to them. But yeah. it's, but I think you what's spoke, I didn't know you speak any French. Ah, you didn't time, speak French at the time, right? <laughs> and I spoke in Italian with this girl in yeah. Galatz. And then I think we spoke Spanish at some stage as well. And some other girls oh, in Galatz. Oh, no, no, it was like with the Portuguese, Bucharest. with the, with the football players. Yeah, I Portuguese. didn't speak Portuguese and tried some Spanish. Yeah. So I think we went through all these languages on yeah. the trip. It was pretty much, even though most of them were not actually spoken in those countries particularly. And the important thing there is that it allowed me to make a connection with the people because it's something you have in common right I mean the Brazilian footballers that we met in this nightclub in Galatz they actually played for the local team and like if you'd spoken to them in English or if you'd spoken to them in Romanian it wouldn't have been the same effect as boom at to the bang they gave us beer for free or, or, or whiskey or whatever they were drinking we got free drinks and yeah <laughs> So this was, oh, I got a few free drinks with some Brazilian footballers. Anyways, they were cool guys to hang out with, but it definitely changed the experience. Now, Jan came to Odessa, it was the end of the trip. We'd been together for maybe a week, and he was leaving to go to Kiev by train. The next morning, we went out partying in Odessa to, uh, I can't remember which club we brought him to, probably a pizza club because it's the most famous. And at the time, it wasn't, I don't really recommend it as much today in the night, but anyways, at the time, it was still a cool place to show him. Uh, I got up at, I don't know, like midday the next day because we were partying quite late and Jan was already supposed to have left and be on a, on a train from Odessa in the south of Ukraine up to Kiev and the couple in the north. Uh, so I wrote him a message uh, like, Jan, uh, how's the trip going? Not expecting to reply because connectivity is going to be really poor, but I got a reply straight back. Um, yeah, Connor, I'm, uh, I'm still in Odessa at the train station. I was like, well, well you're still in the train, train station. So maybe you can take up the story yeah. of what the hell had happened. Yeah, so I arrived at the train station and what I didn't know is that in Ukraine you have like different kiosks for, like if you need one ticket for today, you have to go, they have like a particular kiosk for that, right? Yeah. And then they have like another place where you can buy tickets for, I don't know, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. Then you also have one like for, for, for domestic trains and then international trains, like so you have all these different kiosks. And 
I guess it was indicated, but it was all in, in Russian. It was in Ukrainian, actually, in the train station. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Legally, I think they have everything in Ukrainian. But anyways, that, 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 in yeah, any case, I, you I can understand. I, yeah, actually, I, I didn't see the difference. And then I remember, so I didn't know where to go. And then I saw this kiosk where there was a, like a very big line. And, you know, it's, I, I just um, queued for 30 minutes. And then it was finally my turn. And she asked me, I don't know, Kuda, or she asked me like, where, where the hell are you, where, where are you going to? And I didn't know what she was asking, but I, the only word I knew was basically Kiev. So I just mm -hmm. said Kiev. And then she was asking me today or tomorrow or, or what time, which train do you want to have? I had no idea what they were asking me. And then passport, I, I, passport. okay, this is one word I actually understood. But um, I didn't know what they were asking me. And then like the people behind me in the queue, they were getting frustrated because I was taking all the time, right? And um, it, I, I felt all the frustration from the people behind me in the queue and I was just like, shit, I can't get these train tickets, I, I better just, just, just leave <laughs> and in the whole idea <laughs> yeah. and call Connor instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly, um, so I got a phone call, can you please come to train station and find yeah, me a ticket? I, I think I even tried a second kiosk, like uh, I waited another 15 minutes there, but I couldn't, I didn't manage to get the tickets there either, so eventually I just called you and you came, I don't know, you said it. You said two things and then we got my ticket. So yeah, it's, it's gonna be helpful if you speak at least some Russian. And that day was actually the day I thought, shit, if I want to come to Ukraine or any Russian-speaking country more often, I really have to learn at least the basics in Russian. And I did it, yeah. So, so he's been to learn, learn Russian since. Uh, at the time you couldn't buy the tickets online, that was another problem. So you couldn't even, now you can actually buy train tickets in Ukraine. You can buy them online using an English interface. But if you have a problem in the station, you got to be able to read Ukrainian because a lot of things are written in Ukrainian and it's speaking Russian to the people around you. Because also people in the queue, they didn't speak any English. So you couldn't even ask people for help at the time. I remember first time I had to buy a train ticket and I did speak some Russian. I was in Lviv, so I was able to communicate, but it was super stressful and actually I remember being in St. Petersburg and having to buy a ticket and obviously speaking in Russian yeah. uh, when my Russian wasn't very good and it was really stressful as well to get the ticket because they have so many questions yeah, like yeah, yeah. what compartment like, yeah, what exactly. like, like first class, second yeah. class, today, what time, compartment then you need to give your passport, yeah. uh, what else do they need to know? So many questions and then the Ooh. ticket comes out and it's just got lines of numbers and yeah. obviously letters and words written in Cyrillic so you gotta be yeah. able to read Cyrillic you don't and the whole thing, it's not like it says like Kiev to Odessa and then it's just got the time uh, a little you icon for the seat or whatever it was like just words I remember that Russian train ticket was like, like something yeah. to decipher right yeah. so that was really tricky and yeah I was lucky because I mean obviously I came down to the train station straight away but if not I, I don't know you would have got a bus eventually I or hitchhiked so. I don't Take know how to taxi yeah. <laughs> <laughs> taxi for six hours <laughs> yeah. to get around the problem so there I think you you saw the value on a practical level uh, of learning of learning yeah. Russian do, at do least. you think it's actually possible to have a good time and to travel around Ukraine uh, only speaking English because you have friends who have visited yeah. you right I think and this is why a lot of my friends give me these kind of testimonials about yeah. traveling with me. <clears throat> I think you can have an amazing time without speaking Russian, but you still have to get over that language barrier. So there are a few ways to get over the language barrier, and one of them is to learn the language. Yeah. I mean, that's the most, duh, but that obviously takes an investment of time uh, in order to achieve that. Or you hire an interpreter, which is gonna be expensive. I've yeah. seen people do that. They've come to Ukraine, they have an interpreter, just pay uh, some local language students yeah, to go around everywhere. Yeah. That also takes organization and money to do, and then you got the person with you all the time, and yeah, it's not the same level. Yeah, do you want to have 
someone around like 24-7 or so to help you out well it depends or you have a buddy there a friend and they can lead you around and not just translate for you or interpret for you but also show, show you everything place. in the best and places. that's exactly what you do right well, now that's what i do i have i've done i started doing it for friends like a lot of my friends came to ukraine yeah. in particular to Odessa, to lviv uh to kiev and i was there with them said no this is what you need this is the culture especially if you're interacting with yeah. the local people with girls whatever this is what you have to understand is the cultural norm here and this is what is like considered good appropriate behavior this is not considered good appropriate behavior this is how you get cheaper prices mm -hmm. and yeah and now we got to speak in russian so i'll take care of that part of, of the equation so you can do it but i think if you don't at least have a friend there who speaks the language it's going to be extremely tough and i <clears throat> like one of the questions i get asked by a lot of guys who come and they meet me and it's oh, so cool you're there probably with some pretty girls in the club and uh, they're like, um, oh, how, how can I have the same experience and not learn Russian? And I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, it'd be better if you just learned Russian, right? Um, also, not just for language, also because you have to put yourself in the mental state of the people of the place yeah. to really understand them. Um, but then you have to overcome the barrier. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to employ someone. You're either gonna have to hire me as a coach, or you're gonna have to hire an interpreter. You're gonna have yeah. the solution to that language barrier because you are not going to be able to just use English and have the same amazing experience that is hands down the reality yeah. my friends have come with me and have phenomenal times but even like my close friend who comes even he's frustrated and he's actually for the first time starting the russian he can do everything like he can yeah. get around yeah. uh because i've i mean obviously with my help over the year in my coaching I've, I've shown him he's able to interact with uh beautiful women yeah. everything uh have these romantic affairs but even he is frustrated and he's like yeah I need to learn Russian man this is yeah. like I cannot function on the same level how much um, Russian do you need to know I mean like is it feasible hmm. to say that you just learn studied Russian for a few months and then you come to Odessa and you're fluent in Russian or how, like how much do you do you yeah. that's a very good question you need to, to, to learn so hey there congratulations on getting this far in my interview with Jan Fondera of Language Boost I trust you're enjoying this episode of podcast so far as it turns out, I'm no longer in Brussels, as you can see, I am in Odessa on the Black Sea in Ukraine. And this episode was actually really long when it came to editing it. So we decided to break it into two parts. So you've just seen or listened to the first part of this episode. And next week, you're going to get the second episode part two. In the meantime, of course, if you're not a subscriber to either the podcast or the YouTube channel, then go and do that. Just squeeze that red button, whack the notification bell and give this video a big thumbs up if you enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you in part two uh, and listen. Well, I won't be able to see you if you're listening to this in the podcast, but yeah, disvidanya and uh, till next week from Odessa, Ukraine. Sar Experience.